What's up, everybody? It's the SoCo Show. We're on episode number 118. That's a, I just, it just reoccurred to me how many fucking episodes we've done of this. Um, <laughs> I am the co-host, Cody Michael, and I'm joined, as always, by the so-host, Seth Ott. Gahool. There you go. Gahool. Uh, and we are here uh, coming to you on Halloween, uh, which I think is the first time this has happened. So it's nice to have a, a little creepy... A uh, little creepy ambiance for the show this week. Ooh, I'm spooked. Um, <laughs> um, you should play the 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 explains a horror movie one. That that sounder. Oh, where's that one? Hold on a second. Let me find it. Oh, it's been so long since I've heard that one. That's spooky. Oh, well, we're here to we're here to talk frights and and scares and all that. Not really, no. But we will have a vaguely th- uh, Halloween themed episode uh, this week. We're going to get into get into some more of that stuff later. Uh, but we got some some exciting and fun business to take care of at the top. Um, I wrote a check last week, and now my mouth has to cash that check. Uh, what I told the listeners last week. <laughs> oh, that's nasty. What I told the listeners last week is that I, from now on, will take a shot. Suck a peen. I'm not going to suck any peen uh, <laughs> on air. But I will uh, take a shot on air, a shot of liquor, uh, for every new contributor who joins, uh, who joins the Anchor page uh, with regular contributions. And... Uh, of course, our first one is Mike Vandenhall, good friend of the show. Uh, we appreciate you, Mike, and, and your contributions. Uh, and uh, I'm sure just because he knew it was going to torture me, at Jared Buckendall, became our second contributor this week. So thank you, Jared. You get uh, you get a victory sounder if I can find it. Let's see here. Strong for three for the win. Yes, LeBron James at the buzzer. There you go. <laughs> uh so jared we we appreciate the we appreciate the support and i am now going to take two shots uh one for mike and one for jared uh because they were so kind as to contribute to our show let me see here i've got uh i've got here a lovely bottle of jose cuervo especial uh <laughs> which is tequila uh, made with blue agave uh it's gold tequila specifically um, and the bottle here says, uh, a family owned company for 10 generations. So quit stalling. Uh, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> I generally do not take shots, but, uh, you do for know our, for our listeners. I will, uh, you know, this is all audio. So you could just fake like you're taking it. Yeah. But Seth, people, people listen to our show because we're honest and truthful. And, uh, no, it's, it's none of that. Um, but I am a man of honor, and I had a long day at work today, so down go, down it goes. Uh, here's one here's one for you, Mike Vandenhall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nasty. <laughs> All right, and here's one uh, here's one to at Jared Buckendall. Go over there, like, share, and subscribe. Equally, equally gross. Oh, that's nasty. I'm gonna have to find some other shooting liquor. This was all I found in the house today, so I am. Uh, that's why I'm taking shots of tequila right now on Monday night. Man, you uh, 
You take forever to take shots. <laughs> Fuck you, dog. I had to pour them, too. <laughs> um, also... We also have to give a very, very big shout out to, again, at Jared Buckendall, who just uh, surpassed 2,000 subscribers mm-hmm. on YouTube. So, Jared, congrats. Ding-ding. That's what you get. <laughs> 2,000 subscribers, and that's what you get. Ding-ding. Yep. You also get uh, that for a lot of different things on the show. Yeah, that's true. It's not a very valuable sounder, but he earned it. He earned it. <laughs> Uh, if you are not one of Jared's 2,000 subscribers, we highly recommend you go over to uh, YouTube.com. Sl- I don't know how you... Slash, I guess? Anyway, it's he's... At Jared Buckendall. On YouTube and Twitter and all the other stuff. You can go find him on there. Uh, we'll link to his page also in the description box. This is going to be a long show. Maybe. It's going to be a tough one for me now that I got shots of tequila in my brain. Um, what are we going to do next? You're, uh, you're not drinking shots correctly if <laughs> they're going right in your brain. <laughs> um well okay no anyway shout out to uh mike and jared thank you for being contributors and shout out to jared uh for your 2000th youtube subscriber as well uh you earned it that guy works harder than anybody and he's putting out some great shit right now so if you haven't heard any of it go over to his youtube page at jared buckendall and watch all kinds of uh great stuff coming out for today uh we got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about here We're, we're gonna have some uh some news a cool mambo number five uh, and a whole bunch of other segments that you're used to uh, with a Halloween twist this week uh, in some cases. Anyway, uh, we're going to start before we do any of that, like we always do, with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. Don't know what the Iron Cheek's saying here. Uh, I don't know if there's some sort of news I missed or something along those lines, but Iron Cheek says... The Rudy like the butt dial. I guess shit happened, Bubba. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I can explain what he's talking about. So Rudy Rudy Giuliani, uh-huh. um, who, if if you guys out there don't listen to like the late night circuit talk about politics, Rudy Giuliani is often featured because he's often hilarious, uh, and this is no exception. Apparently, Rudy Giuliani has a reputation for butt dialing people, and. He, over this weekend, he butt-dialed a reporter from, like, NBC. Oh, no. And he could be heard on the other end talking about, like, shit he shouldn't be talking about. Oh, no. Um, yeah. And and then, apparently, when they wrote a story about it, a bunch of other reporters were like, yeah, he's done that to me, too. Like, <laughs> I guess the guy, like, totally ass-dials reporters all the time, and I don't know how it happens. <laughs> They talked about that, uh, among other things, on last week tonight, um, this week with John Oliver. So that's how I knew that. But yeah, the Sheik's staying up to date on all of his uh, political political I guess news. So. He's a good citizen, man. I call you a punk. All right, let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, it's audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. <laughs> Oh, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> Mathis Designs. You can find our good friend Steph on Etsy.com slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Period. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, contributor and friend of the show, Mike and his wood, which can be found on Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed if you want to get that wood worked. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <sighs> 
That's good. Okay, uh, let's kick it over to Previously Recorded Cody with a word from yet another sponsor. Thanks a lot, Previously Recorded Cody. Uh, let's get into the show. <laughs> let's get into the show here. We're going to start uh, with some news, and we don't have time to talk about all this stuff, so uh, we got to do them as quick hits. Ow. <laughs> quick hits. We'll start in the world of TV. Um, first, uh, in the adventures of, we've seen this before in too many spinoffs, Arrowverse adding a new Superman and Lois Lane show starring the same actors from Superman or from Supergirl. Barf. In other CW news, Ruby Rose to cut back on her stunts after her recent injury. Unfortunately, the network ordered Batwoman to a full season before this news and have recent, have recast Ruby Rose with a broom. <laughs> that might improve upon the acting. Uh, and finally, in TV, a uh, Hawkeye series to show Clint Barton's origin. Spoilers, he picked up a bow. I like it. Can't wait to watch him, uh, I guess, shoot at targets as a kid? I don't know. In <laughs> uh, movie quick hits, uh, Disney is putting classic Fox movies in their vault, uh, much like they do for their uh, animated movies. Uh, apparently, the the location for the, the vault for the Fox movies is between Walt's uh, Frozen Head and the classic animated movie Song of the South. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh yeah that's that's probably where they belong <laughs> uh zazie beats uh is officially in the two highest grossing r-rated movies of all time uh deadpool 2 which was the previous holder and now joker um still not the most successful beat though as the beats continue to sell at animated venues nationwide <laughs> the beats <laughs> yeah Oh jeez! <laughs> From Doug. <laughs> yeah, I need more allowance. <laughs> yeah, animated venues nationwide are sold out. Uh, and finally, um, there will there will be no smoking as well as no scissoring on the plane as some airlines cut out the lesbian sex scene in Booksmart. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I what? There's got to be more nasty shit than that scene in there. But also, I didn't. The scissoring on the plane thing is too much. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh, you're too much. <laughs> and that is the quick hits. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now I'm not going to be able to go on an airplane without thinking about that. Um, scissoring? Joke's on them. I already downloaded Booksmart, so I'm going to watch that scene as much as I want. What if you play it on, well, just put your put your laptop or whatever up near near the screen and you show it are they going to be upset are they going to make you stop no scissoring sir <laughs> probably not i i watch porn pretty often actually on the airplane and i've never been busted for it so hmm. this isn't even that want to move on and let's go uh to the next section of our show we're gonna get in we're gonna get all halloweeny uh with this week's mambo number five ladies and gentlemen this is mambo number five all right, this one's this one's pretty simple. Uh, a lot of folks out there are gearing up to take their kids or go themselves trick or treating tonight, and uh, they're going to be, you know, holding out their bags and getting them full of a bunch of candy. And I don't, I guess that's maybe maybe they don't get you know kidnapped or anything like that. We hope, um, but when they do and they take their bags home, there's specific candy they're looking for, and uh, we like those kids have specific candy we're looking for on Halloween. <laughs> So oh, that was that's just a long way around to this. What the intro, hell? Huh? I I I got back though. I got back um, because we're gonna count down <laughs> our top five favorite Halloween candies this week. Um, that's pretty simple. I don't think we need to qualify it any more than that. These are candies we like to eat on Halloween. Number five. 
Number five. Uh, let's see. For candies, for me on Halloween. Now, this is one of my favorite candies. <laughs> I was vamping while I pulled my notes up. Eat shit. <laughs> yes. Um, this is my one of my favorite candies. Uh, in fact, it topped my list of number one movie candies or movie snacks. Uh, but during Halloween, I don't fancy M&Ms quite as much. So they're number five uh, on my list here. Love M&Ms, but there's stuff I'd rather have on October 31st. Oh, Lordy. Um, M&Ms did not make my list. <laughs> what? You're no. done. You're done. I'm done. All right. Yeah. Goodbye. Get out Bye. of here. Bye. Get out of here. It's over. Now it's time for the Colo show. The Colo show, indeed. <laughs> Uh, my number five is candy that I do often remember getting uh, in my Halloween uh, baskets and pumpkin lan- the pumpkin lanterns, uh, jack-o'-lantern plastic things. Um, just n- nice little surprise at the bottom because they usually lay flat, and that's the the Nestle Crunch bars. Mm, I do like a Nestle Crunch. Yeah, yeah, good, good, nice little crunch to it. Small, small little candy, so you don't feel bad about eating it. It's got a little airiness to it, but. Classic, classic Halloween candy. Do you prefer the Nestle Crunch to the Hershey Crackle Bar? I do. You do? Yeah. I'm probably, mm, I don't know. I would have a harder time between those two than I think is obvious. I'd have to give that some thought. I'll have to do the Pepsi Challenge sometime and try them both. Well, it's pretty clear which, you know, which one you're eating. Because the point of Pepsi Challenge is... I could close my eyes. Yeah, but... They're both they're different consistencies. Are they? Yeah, Not the really. the crackle one's a little less. Uh, it's a little more chocolatey. There's a lot more crunch in the crunch bar. Oh, like well, because the because like the 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 crackle one's a little thicker. Yeah. See, I might like that one better. Well, you're a moron. When I if I'm eating chocolate, I want some fucking chocolate, you know. <laughs> well, that's. Then get it. Then have have a Hershey's bar. Don't don't have a crackle. <laughs> oh, here we go. Are you gonna tell me how to eat my candy? <laughs> yeah. If there's one person here who knows how to eat candy, it's me. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Number four. Now, again, specific to Halloween, because I I wouldn't I wouldn't ever probably eat a full size version of this bar, but the fun sized Milky Way bar is so fucking good to me. Uh, and you might be thinking, Cody, just get a Snickers. I don't like the nuts and Snickers as much as most people. So a Milky Way is just Snickers without the nuts. So that's what I get. I get the Milky Way bars. And fortunately, I know they're not a super popular one. So there's often a lot of them like in like bowls on people's desks and shit. And I can mm-hmm. get Milky Way bars for like the next month. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that people don't eat them. Does that mean, <laughs> doesn't that sell you right there? It's not a good Halloween candy? Not necessarily. Most people don't drink Miller Lite. It doesn't mean it's not incredible. <laughs> I think that's exactly what it means. That, that's, that's, uh, that's how I, that's how I came around to Miller Lite was yeah. I knew no one was going to take it out of my fridge. So I started drinking it. <laughs> <sighs> There's a joke to be made in Snickers without the nuts, but I'm not the, I'm not the one to do it. <laughs> oh, hold on. Let me put that in my notebook here. Uh, my number four, again, small flat candy, um, airy, but I love I love the 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 wafer. Uh, that's the the little fun size Kit Kat. Um, I love I love those tiny little Kit Kats. The thing is though, 
is I end up eating more of those than I do just a normal Kit Kat. When I have a normal Kit Kat, I just eat the whole thing. But when I have the little ones, I eat like 20 of them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 a blessing and a curse because Kit Kats are just delicious. I could eat a ton of them. But um, when I have so many at my fingertips, when there's only two a piece, I feel like I'm getting a good deal out of it. But I'm not. Yep. Yep. You're uh you you were so passionate about your love for Kit Kats that I didn't want to I don't want to interrupt you but uh, I do have them a bit higher so we'll come back to Kit Kats in a second. Oh man, god damn it. <laughs> Number 3. Number 3 again uh <laughs> is Kit Kat. <laughs> is Kit Kat? No. <laughs> um my number three is this is like a switch up, like a sorbet palate cleanse candy. Like once I've been housing a whole bunch of fucking chocolate, I like to mix it up with a bag uh, with a box of nerds. <laughs> <laughs> with a box of nerds. <laughs> I like nerds. Like, again, I would never um, get a full-size box of nerds, but those little tiny Halloween-sized boxes of nerds are fucking dope. I used I to just, know. when I was a kid, I would I would pour the whole thing into my mouth. Yeah, I mean, that's what most people do, but it's still, like, I, I can taste the, the just, like, pounds of sugar at the back of my tongue right now from, mm, from one of those. Nerds. And I don't, I don't like it. That's not a palate cleanser. That's a fucking, that's a heart attack. That's a, that's diabetes. They're... We're, it's it's our top five candies. Of course, it's diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm much more of a savory. I love chocolate and and uh, you know I, I don't like sugar. I just don't like the fucking straight up sugar. And I I can just feel the my tongue like disintegrating from all the sugar right now. Oh, nerds. Oh, I'm sorry. You eat candy like a bitch. <laughs> oh. Okay. What about what about nerds ropes? Do you like those? No, that was worse. Those what? were worse. I love nerds, nerds ropes. Nerds ropes were terrible. <laughs> the, I used to fuck up nerds ropes, dude. Dude, those ropes were awful. The licorice ropes. Oh my god. No, it was delicious. You no, just don't know. T- you clearly don't know dick about candy. <laughs> okay. As a guy whose name used to be on this podcast, Fisty McRopes. Uh, I'm going to tell you that nerds ropes are the best kind of ropes. No, uh, you were fistemic ropes because of uh, jism, not because of candy. Nope. You can't prove that. <laughs> uh, my number three is uh, kind of a candy, but it also has a little bit of health. But I just love, I love that you can do different kinds of these. You you, you do, you can, um, you can, it's mobile. It's a mobile food. Uh, it's a caramel apple. I like caramel apples. Um, there's a, there's a vendor downtown in Cedar Rapids during the farmer's market that has different flavors of caramel apple. And I had an apple pie caramel apple. That was pretty fucking awesome. But any caramel apple is pretty good. I don't like them with with the nuts most of the time. I like just the straight up caramel, but good caramel apple, fresh seasoned apple, just drizzled with caramel. Perfect. Mm, Drizzle. Um, I, I don't like them on sticks. I prefer to eat my apple with my hand. Um, and so You're like it. I, I much prefer to like take an apple and dip it into some caramel. Um, <laughs> but like if the only option is to put the fucking thing on a stick, then I'll take it that way. Why do you want to, why, why do you want to add more work to it? I, cause I don't like, okay. So most of those sticks don't feel secure enough to me. Like I always end up when I try to bite it, like pulling the stick out or like the stick gets floppy or something. I've just never had good luck with sticks. (laughs) (laughs) 
I don't know. I can't be the only one who's had trouble. It's the same reason, like, I, I like eating my ice cream out of a bowl instead of a cone. Like, I don't have to worry about the cone falling apart, you know? It's a, that, that same principle. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I cannot be alone on this. Someone, someone on Twitter or Facebook has got to back me up on this. I mean, I, I'm sorry that you have trouble with your stick, but um, they got all kinds of problems, uh, uh, solutions with those. Uh, Viagra, Blue Chew, all kinds of stuff. So if you're having a problem with your stick, uh, we can probably get a sponsor. That's actually not a bad idea. Number two. Number two, I have Kit Kat here. So, okay. Um, yeah, I do like the twos uh, instead of the fours, right? So that's mm-hmm. the mini size instead of the full size. Um, do you do you break yours apart to eat them, or do you just eat them? I just eat them. Oh, see, you fucking savage. I bet I bet you also don't string your cheese. I do not. You piece of shit. What's wrong <laughs> with you? <laughs> Hey man, there, there's only so much time in this life. I'm not gonna waste it trying to take apart my food. <laughs> oh, that's philosophy by Seth. I like. It. <laughs> my my number two is a Milky Way with the nuts. Uh, that's Snickers. My number two is a Milky Way with the nuts. <laughs> you say it that way on purpose. <laughs> yeah, because because of what you said earlier. No, it um, sounds like you're describing your dookie is what I'm saying. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Snickers, man. Again, fun size. Fun, same thing with with, uh, with with Kit Kat. I can have like 30 fun size Snickers or like, well, I guess, what, they have the minis, Snickers, minis, and fun size. I like both, but the fun size, I guess I prefer because I can have like 50 of those. Which and ones not are the little guilty. squares? Those are minis. I like those. No, I like the fun size. I like them. They're, they're basically, the fun size are like two and a half minis or two, maybe two minis, but probably two and a half. But um, those are like like three of those or two and a half of those make up a, a normal size Snickers. Um, but if I have one normal size Snickers, I usually feel full afterwards. But if I have a hundred of the fun size, I'm, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep going. So I much prefer the, the fun size Snickers. You're a genius. That's, that's easily the most intelligent thing that's ever been talked about on this podcast. <laughs> Fans of Snickers. ours have been listening to us for, probably over 300 hours uh-huh. and this is where we've landed <laughs> hey man snickers, snickers math is, how is I live two my and life. a half of those snickers and if i eat a bunch of them <laughs> then it doesn't fill me up as much as one snicker that, <laughs> that's for those who math. haven't seen it is what they figure out at the end of interstellar <laughs> i live my life by snickers math man <laughs> i live my life a fun size snickers bar at a time <laughs> <laughs> number one it's the correct answer. Reese's peanut butter cup, baby. I know it's yeah, what we got too, right? That's my number one too. Yeah. Especially I like, I like the pumpkin shaped ones. Those are good. I like them pumpkin shaped. I like them egg shaped for Easter. I like them regular Christmas, shaped. Christmas tree shaped for Christmas. Christmas tree. I'll take it. I want the big the, fucking honking four pound one. I love that. The mini ones. Oh yeah. The mini ones are dope. Mm. Yeah. There's, there's not a better candy than Reese's and it's not close. No, I agree. Reese's, Reese's are like boobs. I like them all. <laughs> you like hairy man boobs? No, I'm taking that out too. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're keeping it in. <laughs> I also might title the show, You Like Hairy Man Boobs. <laughs> I legitimately had to spit my water back in the cup there. <laughs> 
Otherwise, that would have went right in my nose. <laughs> oh, this is the dumbest podcast we've ever done. <laughs> we just pivoted from Reese's Cups are yummy to, <laughs> to boobs are cool. <laughs> Uh, now I have to leave it all in. Uh. You sure do. Wow. That's unfortunate. Um, anyway, Reese is number one. You got, you got any honorable <laughs> mentions? <laughs> no, not really. Have you ever eaten one of those big-ass, like, four-pound Reese's bar or Reese's cups? <laughs> no. I I tried one time. I got, like, two-thirds of the way in, and I couldn't do it. I don't think he even got that far. No, I did. I doubt it. <laughs> it was gross. I felt so it's sick. Coming, you're coming from the guy who can't even fucking eat an apple on a stick. <laughs> it doesn't require as much skill as the apple on the stick. Like You can just break off pieces and eat them. Man, you and your stick problems. Stick problems. That's what I got. I Holy got 99 crap. problems, but a stick ain't one. Oh, there he goes. Watch out. Watch out. Hit me. <laughs> DJ Seth. <laughs> I would honorably mention Three Musketeers. I like the little fun side no. of Three Musketeers. The fuck is wrong with you? Why don't you like Three Musketeers? It's fluffy. Yeah, I don't like fluffy candy. I like some meat in my candy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I like a thick one. <laughs> Give me the protein. Ugh. You're disgusting. Okay. Well, let's get out of it. Let's get the hell out of this. Um, this has been easily the most intelligent thought out and discussed edition of Mambo number five that we've ever had. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Mambo number five. Ooh, we're we're off to a great start. We're off to a great start. The Halloween thing is killing. I know everyone out there is loving this one so far. Um, and I'm never taking shots on the show again. <laughs> uh, we're going to put my slightly inebriated mind to the test by going into this week's making the quota. What's your name? Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote! I, the Mambo thing is sticking. I have a very serious job during the day. And I, I occasionally just get such a kick out of juxtaposing my day life and my night life. Um, I had to have very serious conversations today. And I get to come home and talk about fucking candy bars and boobs. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I am just super, uh, I love it. I'm happy. I'm glad this is what we get to fucking do with our free time and that people actually listen to it. There's a hashtag appreciation post. And somehow people have given us money for it now, which is, that's even more ridiculous. <laughs> Those idiots. Yeah. <laughs> people start giving us money and we were like, uh, I like Reese's. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if you want to be a contributor, go to anchor.fm. <laughs> slash the dash soco dash show uh link is in the description box as well you're gonna so uh, with, with a lot of your stand-up you usually incorporate the podcast in there somehow mm. um at least for this week you might want to stop or just say uh, don't listen to episode whatever one whatever this one is <laughs> yeah when when people are like hey what uh what episode should i listen to i'll be like 119 <laughs> <laughs> Or I'll send What's, it back to 115, the sketch show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you want to do that either. <laughs> I don't know. 
uh, my movie or uh, my <laughs> my podcast is movies and nonsense. I'm Jared Buckendall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I should say. <laughs> All right, so here um, we are in quotes. They heard the sound. Seth has a quote. Uh, from what I understand, he's pretty excited about it. And uh, I'm going to have to come up with what movie and what character uh, said the following quote. I think I made a mistake. I did it for you, you know, so you wouldn't get road rash during our scene. But I should have asked first. I look like a fucking beluga whale. Mm. <laughs> I, uh, I do know this. Um, and frankly, I suspected you might use this movie um, based on last week's clue. So we had yeah. Elizabeth Banks uh last week from the lego movie and so this is in zach and mary make a porno uh and i believe that's seth rogan Mm -hmm. nice you're right um yeah i was laughing at all of the fucking (laughs) the quotes i have on air i forgot how funny that movie is yeah i remember we were on air and you were trying to pick the quote and you just kept giggling i was like can't use that can't use that what were some of them (laughs) that you couldn't use well the first thing i pull up it says i'm gonna fuck you with my pecker Uh, but yeah there's a lot of good stuff that movie's funny man i just flashed back to a couple weeks ago when i was like kevin smith is such a great writer of dialogue (laughs) and that's well that's what that's something he wrote (laughs) (laughs) or the uh everybody wants to see anybody fuck i hate rosie o'donnell but if i if somebody said i got a tape of rosie o'donnell getting fucked stupid i'd be like why the fuck aren't we watching that shit right now (laughs) (laughs) oh that's smart writing. It's smart writing. It is. That's what it is. Uh, Kevin Smith's, well, Kevin Smith's quote, I guess, was read by Seth Rogen in mm-hmm. Zack and Mary Make a Porno, and it was the subject of this week's Making the Quota. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> my name is Inigo Montoya. And I quote... All right, so we're gonna we're gonna head into the movie section and uh, talk a little bit about Halloween. Ooh. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Ah. See what I did there? That was good timing. <laughs> yeah, I'm really fucking good at this. <laughs> um, movies and Halloween. I- obviously, Seth. Um, you know. Halloween is the scary time of year and everyone wants to watch horror movies uh, during that time, which I love and all the commercials or sorry, all the channels are showing their Halloween movies and all sorts of stuff like that. But you've never been a huge fan of horror. Uh, And so I'm curious if there's any like there any movies or any type of movie that you gravitate to during this time of year, uh, absent horror until recent years. Well, I mean, there, there have been, Years like in the past, high school, stuff like that, where, um, you know, everybody was going to go watch a movie or go see a movie where I, where I did. I think the, the biggest one for me was Paranormal Activity. Uh, seeing that in the theater back in the day, the first one, um, that's an experience like I, I enjoy the, the experiences of movies, like going to see movies with um, seeing different types of movies like The Room as an example, like when we saw that. Um, or uh, Jane Silent Bob this weekend, get, getting to see that with a group full of people. Same thing here with Paranormal Activity. It's like such a weird, different experience because it wasn't a typical movie. It was, you know, it, it was one of the f- really like the f- first like found footage movies that you really kind of believed, you know, because um, they kept everything kind of simple and, and very 
um, bare bones and, and all that. And, and I mean, it was a super low budget. So, you know, it wasn't that, you know, you could, it, it, it looked good enough. It looked real because the, the budget was so low on it. Um, but walking out of that with, with people and like just the feeling after of like, oh man, that, that was fucking weird and creepy and all that stuff. Um, that, that was a really cool experience. Um, you know, I can think back to days of watching um, with a group of people like watching like a Halloween, you know, like Michael Myers movie and stuff like that. Um, you know, I even saw stuff like Freddy versus Jason way back in the day. I think I saw that in the theaters. Hmm. Um, so I've, I've, I've gone back and, and watched it, but I definitely my favorite uh, still still now is, is seeing Paranormal Activity uh, during Halloween time in the theater. Yeah, I think um, so. I did not get to do that. And so I watched that like a few months later at home and didn't get nearly the experience that you guys got in the theater. So that I know was like a big phenomenon at that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, But all the sequels uh, we went to, not always together, but we always went in the theaters to those because they're frankly far more scary in the theater. Um, And yeah, that was a good, those were a good Halloween one. I, you know, I grew up on horror, obviously Halloween, John Carpenter's Halloween is my favorite uh, to watch around that time. It's, it's, it's perfect. Uh, in every way so that that's my favorite go-to and then yeah i've gone so you talk about like oh everyone's getting together to watch a scary movie so like when i was a kid um we uh i had friends that wanted to do that but i was really afraid of horror movies until i was in, <laughs> until i was in like 11th grade i was a huge pussy about them and so like uh mike who was one of our contributors in the second grade his um birthday party which is in the summertime but it, so this is horror related not necessarily october um, we watched uh, Sleepy Hollow, and that movie scared the tits off me. Like I almost died <laughs> because I was so afraid of Johnny Depp. And um, the, actually, that same night is when I saw The Matrix for the first time. So and I ended up being all right. But uh, that movie, and then fast forward to like seventh or eighth grade when like girls are starting to be there when we watch scary movies together. Um, I had to watch the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that came out in like oh four or five uh and try not to act scared because there was a girl there and <laughs> that was a fucking nightmare so <laughs> i still that movie still scares the hell out of me because of remembering how much it scared me back then so like those horror movies and like the exorcist and stuff um that's what i think of when i'm when i'm doing halloween stuff um is there any what about tv are there any i mean everyone does like a halloween special Mm-hmm. Um, are there any that stick out to you as being the tops? Well, in terms of funny stuff, the Goldbergs do a lot of fun Halloween stuff. Um, they usually have uh, they usually have like Adam making uh, different costumes, like you know, pop culture themed and stuff like that. So those are always fun. Um, but it, like Stranger Things is a one is one. Like I know the first season kind of came out like December came out in the winter time, but I think the second season came out around Halloween. And I think I watched the first season uh, around Halloween too. So, um, I think of that, I, I love the vibe of that. And like, that's kind of the, the cool thing is like, there's always a certain feeling with Halloween. Um, like we watched last year, we saw the, the newest Halloween movie in theaters mm-hmm. and like it captured that feeling. But I think TV does a good job of that with, with their specials and things like the whole atmosphere of Halloween. And like the, I especially like this, like the, like when, when, uh, like sitcoms and stuff do like um, episodes of, of Halloween because it seems like they always get that feeling down of and they always add in like you know funny weird um, Halloween mo- Halloween moments I think Drew Carey Drew Carey show used to do Halloween specials where they would like add in stuff it's either that or like 
April Fools or something. I can't. They, I think it was Halloween though. They would add in like stuff you're not supposed to see. Like they would add in like little like goofs and things like that. I'm trying to think mm-hmm. now. Let me let me look at that. Um, but yeah, I think Kurt. Uh, in, in terms of recent stuff, like Goldberg's are probably my favorite like Halloween episodes. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to mention uh, Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Yeah, I, that's I used true. to love watching those when I was a kid. In fact, that's how I like learned about a lot of scary movies without having to watch them, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. So they would do parodies of like Nightmare on Elm Street and The Shining, and I've seen those Simpsons ones. And so I know vaguely what happens in those movies. Now I've gone back and watched them since, but for a while, that's how I knew what happened in movies like that. Uh, <laughs> and then lately, uh, the Brooklyn Nine-Nine Halloween heist episodes are always so fucking good. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Those are mm-hmm. great. Yeah, they're not always like super, like not everyone's in costume all the time, but that's a tradition that they have on that show is they do a heist episode. Uh, and those are those are always really fun. So yeah, those ones. And then, yeah, I'm gravitating toward like horror classics, you know, in the in the movies or, or in TV, I suppose too. But um, those are the things. Are you, a, are you like a monster mash uh, type of dude? Do you like listening to the spooky tracks? <laughs> I like the I'm a mummy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Uh, I might have to link to the I'm a mummy song. Uh, that one's pretty goddamn funny. Pretty good one. Um, yeah, I can't find this about the Drew Carey show, but um, yeah, I mean like the the uh, the the Freddy the the Nightmare in, on My Street or whatever the the Fresh Prince and and Jazzy Jeff. Oh um, hell yeah, you, that's a good one. Um, and, and like that, I lo- I think the, the best time for, for Halloween though, like in terms of movies, TV, all that stuff is the eighties. Uh, if you think about like, I mean, you know, uh, Freddie and Jason and, and Michael Myers, all that was like late seventies, early eighties, mid eighties, stuff like that. Um, and, and those are still like kind of uh, Chucky, like that type of stuff that those all still kind of ring true today. Like we see remakes of a, a lot of these movies. And, uh, when, when you look on like. Uh, you know the, the movie channels and stuff they're always playing those movies this time of year uh, it's 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 weird that like we don't really have that now but I also think like I mean because we we have horror movies and they do the remakes and stuff but there's really not like a horror icon like there like there was in the day like there's a ton of horror icons back in the day um, and if you look even further back you look at the universal monsters Dracula Frankenstein all that stuff I think it's interesting because I think part of it is now with CGI and and everything like all the technology we have, we can make look make stuff look real, like a hundred percent real, you know, mm-hmm. and and so like part of the the allure with with some of those older ones is that um, there's just a hint of like oh that's not real, and so or even sometimes a lot of like oh that's not real, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like some of the stuff they did. So it was like easier for us to be like oh we're scared of it, but also you know like we can still have fun with it and know like uh it's not real because you know they'd be the the cheesiness was like a lot more acceptable back then i guess Mm -hmm. you know so i don't know and those are always fun to go back and watch like snippets of but now like with horror that you get it is also like creepy and real looking and like like genuinely like shock value crazy that um it's harder to like go back and watch those they don't have rewatchability like those older stuff the older stuff does no, because everything now that's horror specifically has to be super horrifying. You know, like mm-hmm. in the 60s, a guy with an extra hand was a scary thing, mm-hmm. you know? And now, like, the guy with the extra hand has to also be able to remember all your worst childhood memories <laughs> and touch kids 
and you know have a fucking mouths where his eyes should be um, right like it, it's got we've had to go get so like extreme in horror now that mm-hmm. it's not fun um and yeah the cheese i love cheesy horror and there still is cheesy horror coming out it's just not the big studio stuff you know like mm-hmm. uh, our friend Lindsay has worked recently on one of those type like b-horror type uh you know movies and mm-hmm. they they're out there they're just not getting you know the big attention that um you know that the uh, disturbing you won't sleep for weeks type movies mm-hmm. are getting now and i am not for that I, I like being scared i like when a movie genuinely scares me but i go because i think they're fun and mm-hmm. uh they, they've certainly gotten away from that i think the last like horror um icon like you were talking about is probably like jigsaw but even probably him, like that's those movies aren't like like i'm gonna watch and laugh along with my friends when someone gets stabbed you know what i mean right it's 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 weird it's you bring up a good point because the like if i watch friday the 13th and i watch kevin bacon get stabbed through the neck i think it's hilarious uh and it probably mm-hmm. does have something to do with the fact that it looks so unrealistic uh whereas yeah. everything today looks like it's happening right in front of your face and i th- and i think it's kind of why i liked the new child's play um a little more than 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 some because it was more fun and more you know it kind of went back to that 80s feel adding a modern spin to it um and so i I had fun with that one that like that's one i would watch again um same thing with like uh the the new it like i think that'll be the closest thing we get to like horror icon Mm -hmm. uh in in our time is 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 pennywise and and the first especially the first it movie i think i think at chapter two i liked and was good but uh, chapter one is, I think, is always going to be the one people watch and, and reference more because it had it had the fun to it. It had some cheesy moments. I mean, think about with Pennywise, he's in that he's in that bush with the guy with the hand and he's waving it back at Mike, um, like yeah. like that's like that stuff. Like it, they still added cheesiness and fun to it, still making it pretty scary. At, you know, at the same time, and and was just an overall a good story. Like I think that's that might even be the difference with like the '80s and now is like story is so much more focused on. Um, you know the, the you know the movies back in the '80s. You know, like we said, they're cheesy and and you know they they were kind of you know outlandish all these stories and like characters are making decisions you don't you know don't agree with like you know don't run into that fucking you know creepy barn or whatever you know and 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 now you know like the story is way more focused and it's got to be you know a very serious story and and very you know it's got to have a a more of an emotional emotional depth to it and blah 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 which i like with a lot of my horror but at the same time that's that's not the type of like if i'm going to just see a movie once that's what i like to see but if i want like you know the the if i want to go watch a movie on halloween because it's a scary movie that's not what I'm going to pull up. I'm like, like we talked about, we're going to pull up the cheesy, fun, dumb ones that are gory or, um, you know, just out of this world because you know, that that's, you know, celebrating with the holiday. You don't want to go watch Midsummer or, you know, hereditary right now and, and be depressed for the rest of the night. Um, you want to, you want to watch something that's more fun and you, you know, afterwards you still might be a little creeped out like, Ooh, you know, look over in the corner. It's, you know, it's shadowy or whatever, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I, th- I think that, I think for forever, because I mean, if you think about it now too, like our theater is doing um, up and up until the end of the month, they're doing uh, six dollar showings at ten o'clock of a bunch of classic horror movies: uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, um, Child's Play, all this stuff. Where you know, I 
I think that's going to continuously happen. And, you know, it's been 30 years, 30 plus years, and some of these have been out, and they're still playing these movies. Um, I, don't, I don't see a world in which a Hereditary is being shown, uh, you know, 30 years from now. I think it'll still be Friday the 13th Child's Play. Maybe that's, that's the point when it goes back into theaters, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think it's always going to be these classic movies. I, it's, it's a very rare thing. It's like Halloween and Christmas movies that, that you kind of get that for. Yeah, Christmas movies are another one. I don't get as much into Christmas, but I do I do heart Halloween, so I'll probably catch a couple things this week uh on the spooky end of the spectrum. So, uh if you you know, you been you've mentioned you heart Halloween. Um well, this year I know you had a pretty fun costume, but uh for uh I guess overall like looking at your your favorite costumes of all time, what 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 are some of those that you had the most fun with uh with costumes? Oh my god. Uh I've had so many I love I love costumes uh for any reason. Um, but we've had a done, I, I, I probably at or very near the top would be our David pumpkins. Um, <laughs> that is the most, that's the most care that I've taken to be like, to really exactly nail the look. Yeah. Um, and we fucking nailed it perfectly for one thing. Uh-huh. And it was just a fun, it was a fun thing to get to like be in character the whole time in, yep. um, which was awesome. I've gone in prior years. I, I once was a banana which is a super fun thing to be uh, because there's a million bananas and you, you can like make friends over both being a banana. Um, <laughs> I've been a very elderly person. That's another fun thing to be in character. Um, I've been Spider-Man probably five or six times. Um, just this year I was, I was uh, Miles Morales and my girlfriend was Gwen Stacy. We had an awesome time. Um, and we got some really legit like costumes from this cosplay company. Uh, so it was, it was really, really sweet. Um, I remember doing Spider-Man in the fifth grade and everyone in the fifth grade is like starting to get big britches about how old they're getting. And Mm -hmm. so like kids laughed at me for being Spider-Man. They thought I was being childish. (laughs) And now like every person of every age is dressed as fat Thor this year. (laughs) It's kind of hilarious to think back on that. Well, you, you've been out for, for uh, Halloween this year. I have not, and I don't, I don't think I will be. Um, what what were some of the the more common costumes you saw? Uh, I saw so many jokers. It was unbelievable. Well, it was like very, current joker, very believable. Yeah, yeah. Um, old ones too. There were a lot of Pennywise. Um, weirdly enough, Bob Ross seems pretty popular. I've uh, I've seen some of that on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of those, and then like the the friend will go as the painting, and they'll follow each other around. Um, I did see a few pairs of Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy, which I loved seeing from SpongeBob. <laughs> Gosh, I, I mean, you have the typical, you know, slutty this and slutty that. And did you see any slutty uh, Mister Rogers? <laughs> no, I didn't see any slutty Mister Rogers. I did see. I saw one. Um, I saw one guy dressed as Eleven from Stranger Things uh, with the shaved head. Oh no! And it was amazing. It was so good. He looked just like her. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, like like you talked about, uh, the David Pumpkins was pretty great. Uh, that that was probably that was probably the most fun I've had. We were the Dudley Boys one night. That was fun. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, um, and then last year we were pizza and pizza delivery guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I almost forgot about that one. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, uh, I mean, I think I'm back in the day when I was growing up. Um, the Red Ranger was a fun one. I, I had the Morpher and everything. <sighs> When I was growing up, um, I was the WWE, the Undertaker, uh, when he was a motorcycle guy. My mom put uh, 
uh like uh beard makeup on my face so and i went to school like that that was pretty fun um i had the 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 workout gloves that he wore forever um yeah and then like i took a long long break in doing halloween stuff i would dress up as things here and there like i think i was like rocky balboa one year (laughs) um but uh yeah i mean it wasn't until like you know coming back in like you know late uh, late college and like uh after that where um, you know, I started dressing up, but yeah, David Pumpkins is probably the most, most fun that I had in one night. Oh, fuck yeah. Yep. Ah, <laughs> oh, I do love Halloween, man. I do. Halloween also, by the way, uh, my mom's birthday. So, uh, happy birthday today to my mom, Fanny. She's almost definitely not listening. Um, but, uh, love you mom and hope you have a good day. Yay. Halloween's always the scariest thing about Halloween for me in my life has been there was one year where I forgot about my mom's birthday. Uh oh. And I continue this. It was probably four years ago. And I still every year, multiple times a year, am reminded of it. And that to me is the scariest. The scariest thing about Halloween for me is making sure that I call my mom. (laughs) (laughs) It's high stakes. Kyle, you better remember my birthday. That's exactly what she says. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh hey uh out there in the in the twitter world and in the uh facebook world if you're out there at soco show pod uh let us know what some of your favorite halloween movies and candy and costumes and all of that good stuff is uh especially if you're listening on the release day uh, of october 31st so happy halloween everybody and we're gonna keep this show rolling uh again we're staying in the world of movies and i'm gonna catch up with a film that i missed on the first go round here is this week's We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and You're going to need a bigger boat. All right, so We Missed the Boat is the segment where Seth and I have assigned movies to one another. These are movies that, uh, in this week's case, Seth has seen and I have not. And he's been trying to get me to watch this stuff for a while now. So uh, finally, we force each other to watch the movies uh, that we haven't yet seen. So uh, I had a recommendation from Seth to watch this movie uh, this week, and I... I have been waiting for just the right time to sit down and really get into it, and I was very happy when I did. Uh, I saw The Last Black Man in San Francisco yesterday, mm. and this uh, this is a, another edition of, of Seth giving me black homework, as we say, <laughs> uh, kind of a quintessentially black movie, um, which is the case here, but not it's not inaccessibly black. You know, it's not like it's not like some movies where you're really not going to understand a lot of shit. Um, if you're not a black person like this one, the main character is black, but it's a universal enough story, um, that, that everyone could get into it. So this is, uh, the main character, Jimmy is essentially, he is a homeless person who is, he, he'll go over to his childhood home and like fix it up and paint it and stuff, even though he doesn't live there. And even though other people do live there, (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of a funny thing. And they have some interesting interactions, uh, with him and the people that live there. Um, and, uh, Jimmy has a friend whose name is Mont and the two of them hang out. Mont helps him out. And, uh, seems like a lot of the time Jimmy will stay over at Mont's house. Uh, so really supportive. Two guys are best friends. Um, and a lot of the movie is spent around them as friends. And a lot of the movie is about this conflict that Jimmy has with the house where he's trying to, uh, essentially take ownership of the house. And 
a lot of stuff kind of happens along the way and it's got a very simple i would say plot there are a couple twists and turns that are interesting and fun but where this movie really wins is in just the vibe i think that it creates um there's a lot of really great music uh and the cinematography here which is it's unique and i can't exactly tell you why <laughs> um but i got I, I got a distinct visual just vibe out of this movie um and it was just like shots were just so like the way they were framed uh the way things were sized and colored within that frame it reminded me not because it's similar to a wes anderson movie but it reminded me of watching him where Mm -hmm. i'm looking at a frame and like this is a really well thought out frame and it looks very unique and cool um and so i got a lot of that here uh the other thing that stood out here was the the writing there's a lot of sort of sweeping dialogue and some monologues and things uh that were really interesting to me a lot of this movie is around different types of people and their different experiences um and so you get a little bit of a look into several people's lives and they sort of have their different ways of introducing and talking and um interacting with one another which is really cool to see you really get a sense that you you learn a lot about this little section of san francisco um, by meeting some of the people that seem really genuine in it. Um, so the, 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 that feeling that, you know, here we are in the neighborhood going around seeing all the people um, mixed with this like really, gosh, what's the word I want? Uh, where something is, feels really sweet but, but a little sad. And I, I can't think of another good example of this, but like when you see a, when you see a, Oh, God, none of the, these analogies are not going to be good, but like, you know, like when you see a, if you see like a dog with three legs and you're like, oh, that's so cute. Like that dog is still running around and having fun, but then he's still got three legs. So it's like a little bit sad. Um, this movie kind of made me feel like that. Like it, it made me sad a lot of the time because we're, you know, we're following this homeless guy and he doesn't have a ton of hope. Um, but the, some of the stuff that he does makes him really happy and, and he enjoys himself. And that's those little moments of happiness are super rewarding in this movie. Um, and it's just one of those that kind of gets under you and, and gets a vibe on and you just live in that little world for a couple hours. And it's a nice, um, just a nice feeling more than anything else. That's what I'll remember about it. There's again, good dialogue. The acting in here is excellent. Uh, and technically it's shot very well in a cool way. So I enjoyed it a lot. Um, even though there's not, I would say a ton going on here, um, on its surface, a relatively simple movie, but it's the execution of it. Uh, that I think made it so fun to watch. So I really enjoyed this. I'll probably end up watching it again as well. It's the kind of movie mm. where you're going to miss a lot of dialogue and, and things, and it, it's a fun one to probably go back to later on. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm, gl- I'm glad you liked it. I did I did enjoy it as well. Um, not as high in it as uh, you know, a lot of others were. I've heard, I saw some people say it was like the best indie movie the last 10 years. I don't quite go there, uh, but I did definitely enjoy it. And it was interesting, like... Um, the the main character Jimmy Fails is that's his actual name is Jimmy Fails and stuff like that so it kind of had like a little bit of little bit of life real life into it too but yeah glad you liked it it gave me similar vibes to uh, the Peanut Butter Falcon you know where yeah it's like there, this is this is not a good happy situation like things are kind of shitty here um, mm-hmm. but you get to see those characters have like fun for a little bit at a time and it makes you so warm that's what I would compare it to ha took me a while to come up with that. <laughs> no i really enjoyed it um and the the good times keep on rolling with this experiment that we've been doing for a while now we missed the boat 
Um, so I'm excited. I, I'm always eager to hear what the next film on my list is going to be. So right now, I have checked off The Last Black Man in San Francisco. And uh, Seth, I need a replacement on my list. Um, so this one, uh, I don't have any more black homework for you. I'm sorry. Oh. But uh, I know that you had a chance this week to check out The Lighthouse with Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. And I think this might have been the first thing you've seen him do any dramatic, like serious dramatic work in. Yeah, I think I'm so. Guessing. I do. I think I haven't seen him since maybe Twilight. Okay. So uh, I'm going to throw on a, a movie. Not Definitely not a happy movie, but um, his really the thing that, I, that caught my eye in terms of his first real dramatic work. Um, one of my favorite movies from that year, uh, I think Jared, one of Jared's favorite movies from that year as well, is Good Time mm-hmm. uh, with Robert Pattinson. And, and um, the directors of that have a movie coming out this year with Adam Sandler, Uncut Gems. So I really like their work. They're, they're really, their style of filmmaking, I, I think, is really cool. Um, you know, the, the, the whole story of, of um, a good time is, is very, I don't know, it's just, just a very, it, it, it's different, like, I guess the way it's told and the, 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 the atmosphere and, and the, everything around it, um, I really like. Very small, small world feel, gritty, same thing that I'm seeing for, for Uncut Gems. So um, I think this will be a good one for you to check out, especially with those guys coming up with a new movie and, and also uh, Battinson coming up as Batman and potentially mm-hmm. an Oscar on this year too, so. Yeah, I like, uh, I like, I'll get into this more, but I liked what I saw from Robert Pattinson in the, in the lighthouse. And, uh, I saw the trailer for this uncut gems movie too. And it looks, I'm so stoked to see it. Uh, I love the vibe it's creating and I love, uh, seeing Adam Sandler being that kind of character again, uh, seems pretty cool. Uh, so I'm stoked to watch it. And so good time. You just made the list. So I will be choosing between good time fighting with my family, totally Call Me By Your Name, and Toy Story 3. Uh, and I'm going to have to review one of those five movies two weeks from now. Uh, and for next week, it's going to be Seth's turn. So, Seth, uh, what's on your list of five? What can we expect to hear uh, from you about next week? My, my list is uh, Silence of the Lambs, Nightcrawler, V for Vendetta, Steve Jobs, and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Nice. A couple good Halloween movies on there you might enjoy this week. Um, Steve sorry. Jobs. There you go. That guy's fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, great options uh, for Seth this week. Come on back next week to hear Seth review one of those five movies for this segment. We missed the boat. Oh, I'm on a boat, and you're gonna need a bigger boat. Mm, good stuff. I love that segment. Uh, let's roll on to some movies that just came out, and Seth and I got to see a few of them over this last week. Uh, let's get to some reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. Oh man, we each saw two movies uh, this weekend, and I'm <laughs> I'm excited to talk about mine. Uh, let's just go every other, every other. I'll do one, you do one, and we'll go back and forth. Uh, I'm gonna start first with a little movie I saw called Countdown. Oh uh, no! Yeah. <laughs> I saw reviews of this were uh, not pretty, so I'm interested to see, hear what uh, what you think. Oh my gosh. Um, okay. So countdown, uh, right now it's at 27% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's fair. Um, <laughs> count countdown countdown is a movie. I swear to God, I'm not lying is a movie about an app that is a countdown timer. And when it hits the end, you die and it's real. Like that's the, that's the, that's what the movie's about. Honestly, I, <laughs> 
Uh, I'll, I'll talk about this, and and I may even have a, a spoiler or two in this. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. There's I'm not recommending this movie. Um, I but I really this makes me really want to dig out the video equipment and do this. Uh, Cody explains a horror movie thing, so I I may if I get time in the next couple weeks try and do it, or maybe I'll wait till it comes out on on video or whatever. But anyway, countdown. Uh, you have basically this woman who is a nurse by way of meeting some people and having fun and laughing and stuff and whatever finds a way to download this app that's just called countdown and it's mysterious and it says um you know you'll die when you hit the end of the clock and then everyone's looking and you see it on the commercial they're like oh i'm gonna die when i'm 60 and everyone's like i'm gonna die when i'm 95 and she's like i'm gonna die in three hours and you're like what you're gonna die in three hours and then you know she does um and there, and now everyone's like, oh shit, this is real. And so after that happens early in the movie, you're introduced to the main character who um, has a couple days. And so she's got to try to figure out, this is the ring, dude. That's all this is, is the <laughs> ring. Uh, it tells you when you're going to die. And then you see some crazy visions and shit up until the time when we don't really know what's going to happen, do we? And then, you know, in the climax, we find out what happens when the timer hits zero. So this movie... Gosh, and I'll I'll even tell you, uh, there ends up being a demon. Uh, that's not that doesn't really spoil it. Like it's pretty clear that there's something supernatural involved here, and it's a demon. Like every one of these like gimmicky horror movies with shit acting in them, uh, mm-hmm. always ends up being a demon, and I hate that. It's like we have to play hide and seek because of a fucking demon, or hey, we have to get the Ouija board and let don't. the demon out, or we have to play truth or dare, or uh whatever because there's a demon there's all it's always just a demon and it's so lazy and it actually pissed me off this time the acting in here is poor the writing in here is so bad like i honestly think seth that with with an outline you and i could have written this movie <laughs> in like a day it was not um oh god it even had a fucking bogus storyline where she like doesn't really get along with her family because she has past trauma like every is there not enough drama in a killer app that you need to add shit like that (laughs) uh this movie has it has a couple decent scares and the app occasionally makes this noise that is kind of scary like if i hear that noise i'll be scared uh out in the world but other than that, there's not really anything going for this movie. You've seen it a hundred times. Just go watch The Ring if you're going to watch this, uh, and you will have saved time and money. Uh, Countdown is bad, um, and if I if I get up the energy to do so, I would have a laugher of a time doing a Cody Explains a Horror movie for this one because it's not good. So, Seth, I know you're considering it. Uh, do not make this your Halloween evening entertainment this week. Uh, was not considering it after seeing the Rotten Tomatoes review, so. (laughs) (laughs) I went, it was like Saturday morning, I have Regal Unlimited, so I didn't really have to pay for a ticket, and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to see this. And I tried, I tried for like 25 minutes to be like, yeah, okay, I'm in, and it's, it just kept getting dumber. Sorry, man. No, it's okay, they can't all be winners. (laughs) And frankly, I still had fun at it, like, it made me laugh a few times. Um, I, I always go in hoping that those movies will scare me, they never do, um. But I had an enjoyable enough time as a fan of mediocre horror like that. Uh, I enjoyed it. But don't go expecting the next, you know, great horror movie of our time. I'm not going to go. <laughs> Sounds like butt. Um, <laughs> what, uh, well, both of my movies, if you have Netflix or Hulu, 
Um, you can you can watch them at home. The first one will be the Hulu one. Uh, it uh, came out a few weeks ago, but I decided to watch it for the uh, Halloween time. Uh, it's Little Monsters, which uh, stars Lupita, Nyong- Lupita Nyong'o. I think I got that right. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Um, and uh, so basically, the, this uh, the premise, if you've seen the trailers or anything, basically it's a zombie movie. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o, Nyong'o, I'm not going to say her name anymore because I'm going to screw it up every time. Uh, basically, she's a she's a kindergarten t- kindergarten teacher, and she is. Uh, and this takes place in Australia, uh, but she doesn't have an Australian accent. But whatever, she's a kindergarten teacher, and she's trying to basically you know get her kids through this zombie outbreak that's happening. Really, her and Josh Gad are the only like real known stars in this one. Uh, Josh Gad plays kind of like this kid, like uh, like a like a kid show host type guy, um, but he's really like a you know diva and like a like an asshole to people and stuff. That's kind of the character he's playing. Um, the, I did like that the they handled the zombie outbreak a little differently in this one. Like it's not an apocalypse. It was kind of like a government facility that um, was nearby the field trip that the kids were going on. Um, and so it was like a, like a government facility outbreak and a little bit more contained than a, uh, you know, like a global outbreak or whatever. But, uh, this one is definitely more in the vein of comedy. Um, lot, definitely a lot of funny moments in this one. Um, a more lighthearted, uh, tone of a, of a zombie movie. Um, not, I wouldn't say quite to the level like Zombieland, um, but more again, because again, cause it has kids and stuff. Um, Lupita Nyong'o, she's, uh, she, she sings, uh, she has like a luke- ukulele type, type thing and she's singing and stuff. So more lighthearted. I mean, it's definitely got the R rated stuff to it, like swearing and gore and stuff, but, um, overall, you know, nice lighthearted time. Um, I did enjoy this. I mean, it's nothing, you know, to, to like rave about. I'm not saying everyone go see this, you know, see it right now or go to Hulu and watch it right now. Um, but I had a fun time with it. Um, again, gory, funny, all that stuff. Um, good performances. I think the main issue I had with this one was that the, f- it takes forever for them to get to the zombies. I was sitting there like mm. 20, 25 minutes into this and I'm like, what is this? Did, did I click on the right movie? <laughs> is this, is this actually, uh, and uh, same thing with like Lupita Nyong'o. She doesn't show up until almost before the zombies show up. So, um, it takes forever for her to get in into the movie, and and so, like I'm sitting there watching these these characters. I don't know who the actor is. Um, there's a guy who's like a main character, and I don't know who is who he is. But um, you're sitting there with different characters, like this whole breakup thing that's happened in the beginning of the movie, uh, where I was just like, I don't, I don't know when when are they going to show up? When's the us lady going to show up? <laughs> um, so um, that that was annoying. But once we got past that and got into the zombie stuff, it was fun. So. Um, overall, I'd say it's a recommend, um, especially if you're into the zombie stuff. And that, that's the other thing, too, is like I'm, I'm definitely getting to the point of like some zombie fatigue and, th- and things like that, especially with 25 seasons of The Walking Dead that I that I've watched. So, um, you know, it's, it's you know, if you're if, if you're not into the zombies as much, you, you might not enjoy this because it is some of the things you've seen before. Like they don't reinvent the zombie wheel. They do a little bit differently. Than, than some of the other ones but it's still you know still zombies when it comes down to it so um yeah o- overall fun time i dig it uh the it sounds i don't know if you ever saw um the babysitter babysitter yeah i watched that yeah it reminds me of that where it's like oh yeah it's a, it's all right though it's not very scary or whatever but it's like pretty fun yeah yeah zombies like zombies to me aren't scary at all ever so well that's good for you you just run away from him and hit him in the head. Not if they're fast zombies. Like World War Z zombies? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I That's am legend. That's shit out of me. Yeah, whatever. 
<laughs> I'd still kill him. There you go. You'd just kill him. Uh, let's go to the second movie I saw this week, and this was a rare instance where Countdown I Countdown again. Huh? <laughs> Countdown again. I went again. I went right. I left the theater, and I walked right back in to Countdown. Uh, and on the second time, it was incredible, actually. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it was awful again. Uh, after I saw Countdown twice, I went to The Lighthouse, which is the new Robert Eggers movie. Uh, Robert it's the Pattinson. countdown sequel. Yeah. <laughs> countdown to the lighthouse. Um, <laughs> Robert Pattinson is in this alongside Willem Dafoe. They're really the only cast in this. Um, and this is a movie about these two guys who work and live at this lighthouse. And they're, they're like assigned there for some long amount of time. So it's like they're isolated there uh, and it's on an island. So no one can come just come see them. You know, they're kind of stuck there for a while. And over the course of the movie, essentially, they start to kind of lose their minds because of the isolation. And that is pretty much all I would really want to tell you about the plot, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. You have Willem Dafoe, who is Willem. The, the older grizzled guy who you can tell has been doing this for a really long time. And then Robert Pattinson is there for the first time. And uh, Dafoe warns him early on. He's like, the last guy I had went crazy. And started talking about like seeing things and all sorts of stuff. And he went haywire. And that's why, you know, he got replaced by you. And so, you know, early on that like, you know, something's going on here at this island. If that guy went crazy, like what's going on? And then Robert Pattinson starts to kind of have some crazy experiences. And that's kind of where the movie starts to unfold. This movie is so fucking weird, dude. So weird. Um, It was... This is an A24 movie, and it feels like the other A24 movies I've seen, where it's a lot of quiet, a lot of just, like, haunting, uh, like, score, and then just the weirdest shit that you've ever seen in your life. Um, And, okay, I want to start with pros. Defoe and Pattinson are really good in this. They're asked to do some really strange shit in this movie, and they do it really convincingly and really well. Uh, both of them are affecting accents in this, which I thought were good, if a little bit mumbly. And uh, they're tough to understand at certain points, but the dialogue's not always super important here anyway. Um, but they did really well. Uh, the look of this movie was really cool. It was in black and white. So they do a lot of tricky stuff with lighting that I thought was was cool. Um, and I think what the lighting does here is it it puts a sort of monotony across the entire movie and i think that lends itself to this idea that you're isolated and stuck there for a while and it starts to drive you nuts uh and so like you can't always see super well whether it's night or day and i think that's important to the movie here um so the the way they lit things was was really cool and interesting um the sound again the 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 score here is very haunting it sets the tone it's exactly what they wanted uh it just kind of creeps you out in a way where you're just like, I know something is wrong and I don't know what. Um, and that's what this movie does really well. Um, it's also in, uh, instead of a widescreen aspect ratio, it's, it's thinner and taller, which I've never seen. Um, but it makes for a really interesting feel, uh, once you get used to it, it's a little distracting early on cause there's the black bars on the side of the screen, but by the end of it, you've settled in, excuse me, settled into that expectation. 
and it's not as jarring. And when you get used to it, 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 it for some reason feels right. Um, like it, maybe it makes you feel more claustrophobic or something. But mm-hmm. what this movie does really well is, again, creating that atmosphere, making you creeped out. I spent 98% of this movie going like, what is happening here? I don't like <sighs> it, but I don't know what it is. Um, and there are some really interesting visuals here that were effective, I will say. Um, but that leads me to like my biggest con of this movie is I don't really get it. Um, <laughs> I'll have to, <laughs> I'll have to. I don't really get it. <laughs> yeah, I. I'll have to. Maybe we'll do a spoiler section of this when you've seen it, Seth, and you've reviewed it. But I got seen in this movie, and I was like, I have no idea what happened. Um, they do a lot of here's a crazy looking thing. And like, sometimes it's, you know, the unreliable narrator seeing shit. Sometimes it's not. And you don't really know which is which, like most of the time. And then there's a very, very weird fucking conclusion to this movie that I don't know what it means. (laughs) And that, to me, when I get to the end of a movie like that, um, and I don't know how to interpret it, sometimes that's really great and I enjoy it. Uh, a la like mother is one of those that I, I really liked. Um, I've, I've tried to do a little bit of exploring on lighthouse and what the metaphors are and stuff. And I haven't been able to define a ton. Um, and so to me, what it, what I leave a movie like that thinking is I okay. I just watched a bunch of weird shit for two hours and that's it. And so then I start thinking, okay, now this movie is just weird for the sake of it being weird. And so I start getting off board with with some of the like weird and off-putting shit in this because I don't see as much of a point to it. Now, this is strictly my preference. I like to know what the fuck happened in a movie. Um, And I get that not everyone has that requirement. So if there's a con to this movie, which is expertly made, very well acted, and I think they made exactly what they wanted to make, um, the con that I have from just a preferential standpoint is it's super vague and probably very symbolic. And because I don't understand what it is they're trying to do, it's hard for me to get on board with it and enjoy it a ton. Um, it's very slow moving. So you got to really be wanting this sort of movie. Um, but I think, I think that like Seth, you'll like it. Um, you were a bigger fan of like midsummer than I am. This one isn't necessarily as, um, this plot makes a little bit less sense than that of Midsummer, I will say. So uh, you, you may have a little bit harder time kind of figuring out what the fuck is happening, um, but you may like it more than I did. So I'm excited to hear what you think of it when you do see it. But again, if, if you want to go watch a weird goddamn movie that's going to make you feel strange and you're going to go like, oh, a bunch of the time, uh, this is very dope. This is like the best version of that movie. Uh, it's just not the kind of movie that I prefer. So I was glad that I saw oh. it. It was very interesting to me, but it's not something I'm like, telling everyone to go rush out to your uh your review of it made me even more excited to see it because you described everything i wanted out of it so yeah. <laughs> is it scary at all like is there jump scares and shit not in the sense that you're thinking not not like i'm gonna pull this curtain back like this isn't countdown i'm gonna right. pull this curtain back but not before i wait for half an hour and the music stops yeah, yeah like there's yeah. some sudden shit that happens and it's okay. it's far more creepy than like you're never horrified okay. you're never actually i sh- there's some horrifying shit in it um, you're never made to feel in danger, I would say. Okay. Okay. Um, Cause that, that's like that, that, that's, um, Midsummer. Midsummer didn't really have any jump scares, but there's a lot of creepy, horrifying stuff. Right. Yeah. So yeah. like that, 
if I, if that's what that that is, and this is this is I, I just looked. It's it's an hour and fifty, so it's not that long. I mean, it's long, but it's not that long. You mm-hmm. know, Midsummer was two and a half hours. So, um, yeah, yeah. For fans of Midsummer, The Witch, it comes at night. I think you're really going to enjoy this. this I just guy, find that that's that's decreasingly my type uh, as I uh, as I watch more of them. Robert Eggers, who directed and, and co-wrote Lighthouse, did the did the Witch. Um, he he directed the Witch, so. That makes a thousand percent sense uh, if yeah. you've seen The Witch. It's a very uh, similar movie. I have not seen The Witch, but I am very excited for The Lighthouse. And uh, while while you were um, reviewing that movie, um, I checked my local theaters to see what's playing this week. They they do um, have the listing out, and I did a fist pump because The Lighthouse is playing here in Cedar Rapids, so I don't have to drive half an hour to go see it. So very excited yes. about that. We should yeah. Let's do a let's do a spoiler on this maybe as a side and i would lo- i would love to have at jared buckendall on it too because i know he saw it uh as well and was as confused as i was i think um so yeah maybe maybe the, the two of us at least or, or the three of us can get together and talk spoilers on this because it's a it's a movie that begets conversation for sure yeah i'm excited to, i'm excited to check it out I'll probably see it monday i uh will be i have the, i took the day off um for nice. for monday i'm go, going down to kansas city this weekend so whether i come back sunday and just recovering or um you know don't come back till monday i'm gonna check out the lighthouse and maybe this motherless brooklyn movie with ed norton that looks weird mm-hmm. um so uh yeah i'm excited some some this is my favorite time of year we're getting these kind of movies coming out where you get these weird or uh, deep um introspective pull the meaning out of stuff movies with with the oscar season so uh plus just good or just movies with really good performances and and uh, i like all that stuff so mm-hmm. this has got uh, all that I, I think you're yeah. you're gonna dig it <laughs> i'm excited so you right, saw another a, a, a very ethereal creepy hard to understand movie um, <laughs> this week too right <laughs> uh no but it's a little deeper than than you probably expect uh and that's dolomite is my name so uh do you know anything about this movie at all uh, I've read the synopsis. That's about it. I don't know anything about uh, the because it's based on a real guy, right? Right. Yeah, I don't know um, anything about him really. So Dolomite is an actual movie. Um, it's a uh, it's a black exploitation movie, um, kind of along the lines of Shaft. came out came out around the around the same time as Shaft. Um, but uh, it stars uh, the real movie stars uh, Rudy Ray Moore, I believe his name is. Um, who is it? So in this movie, Dolomite is my name. He's played by by Eddie Murphy and. Um, yeah, Rudy Ray Moore. Sorry, I was just looking that up real quick. So yeah, uh, Eddie Murphy plays Rudy Ray Moore. Uh, it is uh, a biopic. Basically, it, the movie kind of starts um, right before Rudy Rudy Ray Moore becomes kind of a big deal. Um, he's he's working kind of like doing a hosting gig for um, like variety show show type things where um, he's doing like little sets in between like people playing music and and things like that and doing dances and things and so. Um, he he wants more of a role. He doesn't want to just be the host. He wants to be a headliner. And so he, through a series of events, I don't want to say exactly how he, he gets this, he comes up with this Dolomite character who he's doing on, um, he's now doing full-on shows. People hear him, he's, he does it before, um, uh, you know, as his hosting gig, and then people really respond to it. And so he starts doing it on his own, and then he starts creating uh albums he, he has these uh, underground albums that because this is a time like uh mrs mazel um in, in that show people who are crude and lewd and, and stuff like that you just sw- even just swear 
um, get arrested. And kind of this is around the same time of that. So, um, you know, he's doing these underground things and then because uh, this takes place over a, a pretty good amount of time. So um, once that kind of evolves, he gets signed by big record companies. and He's putting out big albums and multiple albums about this Dolomite character. Um, that that's a pretty good chunk of the, the movie, but then then we get into the actual like he wants more. You know, he he's he has a crowd of people that um, he he's created like a you know a nice little fan base. But he starts seeing some of these these movies like Shaft and that type of thing, and and he wants to do his own. He he thinks Dolomite can be a big name. It can be a you know not just for this small group of people, but it can be across the theater screens. And so um, that. It, it shifts into that where he's trying to find money to do that and and he's trying to uh, put together put together the cast and director and all that stuff and it actually had a very reminiscent feel of um, disaster artist mm. uh, kind of like he, he almost felt like like a, a more competent Tommy Wiseau like he's in on the joke Tommy Wiseau type of thing right the whole time he's in on the joke like he's he's writing this for comedy and stuff like that but it's like got that same feel to it where um, you know, it, it's a small, small budget, small production. Um, and, and they really do focus like a lot of his friends are, you know, like, so for, for example, Craig Robinson plays a role in this movie where he's, um, he's, he's part of, uh, the band Rudy Ray introduces and stuff on stage. And so, um, Craig Robinson does the music for the movie and, um, he he goes and finds a screenwriter at a at a local playhouse and that's Keegan Michael Key and that his his character is the screenwriter stuff like that so he he just you know he's he's hobbling together this crew uh, Wesley Snipes plays this actor who has been in some of these these uh, Shaft type movies uh, and offers him the directing role to do it and so he's involved with it so this cast actually is really great I mentioned Keegan Michael Key Mike Epps is in this he's great Craig Robinson uh, Titus Burgess from um, uh, Kimmy Schmidt, he's in this. Snoop Dogg has has a little role in this. Ti is in it. I mean, there's just there's a ton of. Uh, I mentioned Wesley Snipes. There's a ton of like. Uh, some of these have some of them have a bigger role, like Keegan Michael Key. Some of them have smaller roles, uh, like Snoop Dogg. But uh, he just gets a ton of people involved in this uh, in this movie. Um, Craig Brewer is the director, so he's worked with Eddie Murphy in the past and is going to be working with him. I think he's going to be directing the the uh, upcoming. Um, uh, coming to America sequel. So, oh, dope. Um, yeah. So, uh, just overall, I mean, great work all around. I mean, I think I, I haven't even really talked about, but Eddie Murphy as Rudy Ray Moore, he is him from the beginning of this movie till the end. Like, Eddie Murphy has one of the most recognizable like faces and 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 voices and all that, but uh, he gets lost in this in this role, and he is he is great. Uh, it's really not that funny of a movie. Like, it's not really. It's a comedy, but it's not. Like there's funny moments that happen and some of like the stage stuff is funny and like, you know, the making of Dolomite's funny, but it's not meant to be like a stand up movie. It's it's really not that much about stand up. It's way more about making the movie and like Rudy Ray Moore, his whole like goal and philosophy is to um he, he you know, he believes he has something more to give than just, you know, being on stage. Like he he believes he has joy to bring to the world and and comedy to for people to see and so he's just always wanting to achieve more and work harder and and he's really you know he's hustling and so the the eddie murphy does a great job of showing that in this movie that you know he's not satisfied with what he has and he's always wanting to work for more and again eddie murphy's funny in this like everyone is funny but it's not like hysterical laugh out loud funny it's like funny because of the situation or whatever so they're really not going for the jokes throughout this it's actually like a really well done really well acted 
real well-written movie. Um, I really enjoyed this one a lot. Um, it's, it's absolutely worth the time. Like I had no idea who this guy was really before. Um, and, and knowing like what they did in this movie now, I know quite a bit and I'm interested in this whole story. Like it's a really cool story. So, um, absolutely. This is, this is definitely a, uh, check this out as soon as you got a chance. It's a really, really well done movie. I liked it a lot. So definitely check out Dolomite is my name. I'm stoked to see this dude. Eddie Murphy being back is making me so happy. That dude's a treasure, man. And, uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm so Mike, Mike Epps, you mentioned, he was mm-hmm. also in uh, The Last Black Man in San Francisco, and his character, it's yeah. a bit part he plays, but he's hilarious in it. Mike Epps is so, like, so goddamn funny, but not a lot of people really know who he is, right? Other than mm-hmm. remembering him from Friday and shit like that. Um, mm-hmm. You'd have to go probably back that far to, to remember who he is for a lot of people, but that dude is fucking hilarious, and this cast sounds amazing. Keegan-Michael Key's another guy who's, like, starting to do a little more drama. Uh, you can see him mm-hmm. kind of trying to get into there. And so I'm really excited to see what he's got, too. This is one, like, I don't expect it to happen, but if Eddie got nominated for, for an Oscar for this, I wouldn't be mad about it, wow. honestly. Um, because he, he does lose himself in this. And, and you know, this is one that, that hit the festival circuit early on. Uh, it's it's getting a limited release, too. So, you know, they're they're obviously going to try for it. Um, it's gonna it's playing at, at some local art house theaters and stuff like that. So, um, you know, I, th- I think they're trying for it, and... and I wouldn't be mad about it. I mean, he does a really, really good job in this movie. He has some emotional moments here and there. And, um, you know, he, he really embodies this, uh, whether it's Dolomite or re- like there, there's a clear difference, obviously, but, you know, because Dolomite was a character, but with him switching back and forth with it, and there's some instances where he has to do it like really quick. And, um, there's just a ton there. That's the other thing. There's a ton of, excuse me, a ton of heart with this movie. And so, uh, and that, that, the, the heart in this movie is Eddie Murphy. So, um, you know, I, I really wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't be shocked if he got a nomination and I wouldn't be mad about it. I'd, I'd be, I would be supportive of that. Um, and, and again, I haven't seen everything this year, but, uh, it'd be cool. It'd be really cool for him to get a nomination for this. Oh, I love it. Eddie, Eddie, I want to see your stand up so bad. Um, this is dope. I am very excited. I'm probably going to watch this this week. Uh, I may provide my two cents, but, uh, if it's just going to, I'm, I may heap more praise, uh, on this movie on next week's show. We'll see. Um, but Dolomite is my name is available on Netflix, uh, and little monsters, uh, which Seth also recommends is on Hulu countdown and the lighthouse, neither of which I would recommend are, um, are in theaters. So you can check those out. And again, on the lighthouse, I mean, I don't recommend it to everybody, but some folks are going to like it a lot, but countdown, I don't think anybody's going to like that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's it for this week's reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it. All right, Halloween, October 31st. That means tomorrow starts a new month, which means we need to get into yet another edition of the new release exam. I knew you were going to do it. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get back into the new release exam. For those who are new to the show, we do this every month. Uh, we're going to look forward into the month of November 2019 and talk about some of the films that are coming out. So the way this is going to work is Seth is going to name five movies. I need to get three of them correct. And in order to get one correct, I need to name the, uh, excuse me, the release date, the director, and an actor or actress from each of these movies. So uh, there's a lot of stuff coming out in November. 
and it was hard for me to identify what like the top movies were. So I am I'm not optimistic, but I, I am ready for the challenge. Uh, what do you got for me for this month? All right. Your movie options are Frozen 2, Doctor Sleep, Terminator Dark Fate, Knives Out, and Charlie's Angels. And um, for Knives Out, there there's an early release. We're not going by that. That'll be the date will be the actual official release date. Okay. I'm going to start there with Knives Out because I think I can get this one. Um, is that a no... Shit. Yeah. Okay. Is it November 30th? No. Okay. Then is it the 27th? Well, you already lost, but... Well, it's... Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. See, that I hate when this fucking happens because I always come... I always think of the Fridays, but some of these have Wednesday releases because of Thanksgiving. I get that. Um, yeah. Whatever. Um... Ryan Johnson's going to direct or has directed that. And that's um, Daniel Craig who's in that one. Yeah. Um, There's a bevy of stars. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Evans looks fucking hilarious in that. I don't know what to think of this movie. Honestly, I I'm getting so much just like volume from the trailers. Not, not in terms of sound, but there's just so Mm -hmm. much going on Mm -hmm. that I, some of the trailers are a little overwhelming, but I'm excited to get to the movie where it's actually got some pace. Um, yeah but yeah chris evans looks very funny in this uh katherine langford who you liked in uh Mm -hmm. um 13 reasons why jamie lee curtis uh um, plumber uh christopher Plummer. there's a totally stacked cast here i'm excited for that one that that one actually might be my most anticipated for that or jojo rabbit for for november oh yeah forget about jojo frozen 2 i'm pretty sure comes out on the 22nd and has Mm -hmm. Kristen bell Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't tell you who directed. I think it's two people. Yeah, it is. Can you give uh, give any guess? Uh, Pete Holmes. I don't know. No, it's uh, Chris Buck and Jennifer. Hold on, Lee. Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck. Okay. Yeah, Frozen yeah. Two. I never saw the first Frozen, so I'm I'm not going to this. But I'm sure there are a lot of folks out there stoked. Yeah, I'm not going either. <laughs> um, did you mention All Charlie's right. Angels? I did say Charlie's Angels, okay. correct. I can tell you now, because I didn't get Knives Out, I won't I won't get the win. Um, but I can get Charlie's Angels. I'm pretty sure it's the 15th of November. Uh-huh. Um, directed and starring uh, Elizabeth Banks. Correct. Yeah, that movie I don't have a lot of faith for, but I'll see it. Yeah, we'll see. Doctor Sleep is on the 8th. It's got yes. Ewan McGregor. It's not James Mangold that directed it. No. Um, so I lose. I don't know who directed it. Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan. I'm interested to see that. Big fan of The Shining uh, and Ewan McGregor. Um, I do know uh, Terminator Dark Fate comes out tomorrow as of this releasing, so November 1st. Uh, It's got Linda Hamilton in it. And fuck, I knew this director earlier today, but I'm not even going to put the effort in because I've already lost. But that's a November 1st release with Linda Hamilton. And Dark Fate is getting actually kind of good reviews. Yeah. Um who directed, uh, I'll give you a hint, who directed uh, Deadpool, the first one? Tim Miller, yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah, we'll see on this. Are you going to go to the Terminator? Probably not. Yeah. I I, ne- I I don't know, I've never really been into the Terminator movies. Have you seen Terminator 2? Um, Way back, like on Spike TV, yeah. back in the day. The first, I would say the first two, a lot of people would argue for the first three, are super mm-hmm. worth watching. Um, then the crap with, uh, Christian Bale was crap and the crap with Jai Courtney was crap uh, and the crap with Jason, uh, Clark was crap. I don't know how many of those there actually were, but there's a lot of crap. 
Um, this one, the some of the reviews I've seen is saying the best since Terminator 2. Uh, so some people are pretty revved up over it. I think it's in the 80s on Tomatoes. Um, some people that you and I like and follow are really enjoying it. So it, it's been a surprise to see any positive reviews because I thought this was going to be dog shit. But um, I'll probably try to check it out this weekend. So I guess, uh, I guess that makes me, uh, you know, a, a loser and stuff. Yeah, that's that I, that's good? the stuff. Does that feel good? That's the that's the ticket. Yeah, I'm glad you like that. My salty, salty tears. I can feel you licking them off my face. <laughs> yep. Um. <laughs> Whatever. I'll win next week. So uh, for those, it's been a while since I lost this game. Uh, for those who don't know what that means is that Seth now gets to come up with a nickname that I will have to use for the entire month of November, which includes my birthday. Um, oh, yeah. Yep. So I, uh, I'm i interested to hear next week, Seth, what you cook up with. Uh, some, of, some of them have been pretty fun in the past, um, and a lot of them have been very embarrassing for me to have to say. So... Uh, I'm sure the listeners will get a kick out of, of what we hear next week. <laughs> I can almost hear you rubbing your hands together with maniacal glee. Not my hands. Oh, Jesus Christ. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this month's new release exam. All right. That's... God damn it. <laughs> uh, that is going to bring us almost to the end of our show. But before we go, we want to leave you with one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. I went back and forth between a couple one more things. Um, and so I'm going to cheat. I have two more things. Um, one really quickly. I haven't seen this, but they just put out a trailer for The Grudge today, which I didn't know was getting remade. Um, and Jared... At Jared Buckendall. ...has done a trailer reaction. So I am going to go watch him watch that because he is very anti-horror movie <laughs> so i'm excited to watch him poo his pants in that one so we'll link to that in the description box and i love the grudge uh it scares the shit out of me and so i'm really excited to see what they do with an update uh looks like it's even a little bit more americanized so we'll see on that probably it will suck and come out in february um comes out in january oh god yeah it's gonna be bad um <laughs> i'll be there night one um <laughs> The actual one more thing, I wanted to recommend that folks go out and watch the Saturday Night Live from this past weekend with Chance the Rapper. Uh, Chance is just so goddamn cool and fun, and he's not a great actor, but you can tell he's having a blast there, and uh, there was a few really good sketches. There was a, a good new Halloween sketch um, that uh, has a song and takes place in a graveyard, but is not our Paul and Phil sketch. Oh, no. Um, and it's not related to it either. I don't want to get your hopes up. But uh, when I saw the setup and everything, I was like, oh, my God. Um, but it's not that. But it's another funny one where Chance gets the punchline. Chance uh, was in, I think, almost every sketch, if not every sketch, and had a couple really, really good um, couple really good musical performances as well. So it was a pretty good episode. Again, Chance isn't the best fucking actor, but uh, just you know to have fun and enjoy some laughs, and there's some breaking, a couple scenes. Um, there's a scene with some flying that is pretty funny uh or a sketch i should say um it's just an overall like a solid saturday night live in my opinion so i just recommend folks go out and watch chance um well no recommendation for me uh my one more thing is uh, i talked about last week i had the chance to go to chance haha um to go to uh see kevin smith uh I, i do the do his show his movie and do a little talk after uh 
on Friday, this past Friday. And so just want to talk about that a little bit. I mean, that, that as always, it was a great time. Um, first, they, you know, he came out and introduced the movie real quick and then showed the movie. And that was a lot of fun um, seeing it with, with a group of people who actually like, I mean, it was a pretty large group of people. It was, it, I mean, I would bet probably close to a thousand people in there. So definitely, I mean, a, a lot of huge Kevin Smith fans. And so when certain moments happen in the movie, there was, I mean, a ton of applause and tons of cheering. And I'm glad I've already saw, seen the movie once because, you know, I, I, that would have been annoying to watch the movie and they're clapping through some of the jokes and stuff. But having seen it already and then, you know, ha- having being around people who loved watching it and were clapping and enjoying it and laughing and all the stuff I laughed at that other people in the theater didn't laugh at when I saw it. Um, was great. It was, that was, that was a ton of fun. Um, and then, you know, afterwards got to hear Kevin Smith talk. Um, uh, great. I mean, it, it's always great hearing him talk and, and like, even though I was talking to some, so I actually ran into a few people I work with, uh, at this, I didn't know, uh, <laughs> like Kevin Smith. So that was interesting, but, um, but, uh, you know, hearing people talk, uh, uh well, hearing Kevin Smith talk, I've heard all the stuff um, that he's talked about, and and just you know, it, it's I could I could hear him talk about the same stuff over and over again. I'd still love it. But the people that asked him questions, God, people are dumb. Um, <laughs> that holy crap! So there's the one I mentioned. There's there's a guy I worked with who uh, his his friend got him free tickets to go, and his friend took up probably ten minutes of talking to Kevin Smith, and it was uncomfortable. Because he was talking about things that had no bearing on what Kevin Smith is talking about. And it was so fun. And even my friend from work was just like, as soon as he got up to go ask a question, I I knew this was not going to end up well. Mm. And this 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 guy just kept going. And I, I, I really wanted to tell him to shut the fuck up. But um, apparently this guy had gone on, flew, flew down to New Orleans and was a, an extra on the set. Um, so he was talking about his experience there, but then he was talking about like going to a con, a comic con that Kevin Smith wasn't at. And like told it, told him about his whole family trip. And like, we were like, we don't fucking care, dude. <laughs> people, people are getting upset. Um, but I mean, and the thing that was annoying was like, I think a lot of people there weren't there to see the movie. Like they were there to see Kevin, which is fine. But, the Q and a was to talk about the movie. So half of them didn't talk, even talk about the movie. They're talking about a bunch of random stuff. Um, and I want to like, I, I thought about going up to ask about certain, certain questions for the movie, but like, I wanted to hear about the movie more. Cause I've heard Kevin Smith talk about the same thing over and over again. Yeah. So I wanted to know more, more about the movie, but overall though, I mean, again, really cool experience. Again, I, I've heard him talk about a lot of like, there was two new things that I heard. Uh, one of which, uh, was that the, apparently this movie, uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot was co-financed by Universal, who and they own Mallrats, and so they've given approval to do a Mallrats too. So oh, shit. Uh, he's gonna be do- he's gonna be doing that. Um, I don't think that's like out news yet. Um, so hopefully, may- maybe we'll break some news here. I don't know. Um, but then uh, and then um, apparently, like Jason's gonna be in an episode of uh, Supergirl here coming up. So that was really the only new things that I heard. But the cool thing was like. You know, you've heard him talk about this before, having gone to the the Q and A show that that we went to a few years back. But um, he talked a lot about like going out and doing things, you know, yourself, and like 
you know, if you have a passion for something, going to do it and, and you know, not and, and having people who are why people, not why not people around you. It's like telling you to go do something and not like why you shouldn't do something and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of stuff like that. And like just hearing that again, I've heard it a million times, but hearing that and being so close to him, I was six row for this thing, I, you know, so I was right there and seeing him like all the other times I've seen him has been kind of far back and like, you know, basically like I'm listening to a podcast in person, but this one like felt like I was actually there, you know listening to him so like i was able to look up at him and, and actually like see him say these things and meant a lot it really it like him talking about the stuff really meant a lot and, and it was cool it was just like a really cool experience um you know getting to kind of talk with other kevin smith fans too like people are sitting by and uh everyone's like really nice and, and friendly and all that stuff so just a really cool experience if you ever get a chance to go to a kevin smith live thing even if you're not a big fan of him just hearing him talk is really interesting he'll he throws a lot of good nuggets in there and um, just a really cool dude. Um, apparently, he stayed around and talked to to people afterwards, even though there's no like VIP thing. Like he had a line of people um, in the back who were uh, waiting to talk to him and, and all that stuff. And just a cool dude, really cool dude. So a lot of fun. I did have a, a really good time um, at the uh, Kevin Smith show this weekend. Nice. Fuck yeah, dude. I always get happy. Like they say, like don't uh, don't get close to your heroes or whatever, and they're always going to disappoint. But that's a dude who's like really authentic and cool. And, mm-hmm. uh, is always very, very, just a very cool guy to hear talk. Uh, and I'm not even as, as huge a fan of his films as you are, but I really dig hearing him speak. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I would second that anybody who gets a chance to see him on this trip or any tour that he does, he's often all over the country doing podcasts and shit. Um, get a chance to, uh, to interact with him if you can, or just go listen to him speak. Um, so Kevin Smith and Chance the Rapper, a couple of real cool guys. Plus, Jared's really cool. Uh, I'm sure he keeps us cool, too, when he watches the Grudge trailer. <laughs> but I'm down to one more, one more thing. All right, folks, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 118 of the show. Hey, don't forget to subscribe wherever it is you're listening so that you can get new episodes of the show every Thursday and new episodes of the sports show every single Friday. So... Uh, make sure you uh, turn your notifications off so you know as soon as those drop. Uh, typically, they're early in the morning on, on Thursdays and Fridays. Head over to our our Anchor page where you can do a lot of things over there. One, you can subscribe. You can see all the places where uh, our episodes are located. You can also be a contributor. Uh, and we want to shout out uh, Mike and Jared, who are our contributors so far. Uh, if you want to kick us a couple bucks a month or a thousand bucks a month to do our podcast, we'd be highly appreciative. Uh, and we'll give you a shout out on the show and I will drink tequila shots in your honor. Uh, so if you wanted that sweet perk, um, just, uh, hit us up on the anchor page. You can also leave us voicemail. So go in there, leave us a voice message and we just might play it on the SoCo show. So, uh, if you got something to say, if you want to disagree with us about a mambo or, or something like that, or if you have thoughts on Halloween or whether or not I am stupid for my take on the lighthouse, uh, leave us a message and, uh, we just may include it in a future episode. Uh, if you're not going to be a contributor uh, to the page, just keep clicking on this episode. Share us with your friends. Uh, clicks are helpful to us by way of the uh, sponsorship you heard before. So we, we really appreciate you sharing the show out and helping us grow the audience as well. For now, though, that's going to wrap up episode 118. We'll be back in seven days to do episode 119. And, seven days. Uh, for the... For the last time, for the time being, at least until I can pass another new release exam, I have been the co-host, Cody Michael. He is the so-host, Seth Ott. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.